Bo. Welcome to the Arcanus Link Show. You're, you may be on the list of most repeated guests. Yeah, I've actually started to notice some of the comments on the RGC YouTube feed where they're like, we miss Cole. Where's Stuart? Colt. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Cole. <laughs> he's, he's old RGC, you well, know, before me. He's, no. he's early days. He's early days. Colt was great. Colt was a good guy. I still have Colt he still is a good golf guy. ball in my bag. <laughs> when, we were in, when we were in Scotland on the uh, uh, unofficial golf guide to Scotland, the... Um, we, we we all were playing the same ball, and we were sick of personalizing them, so we had them send a case with just block letters of each of our names, Stuart, Colt, Eric. I ran out of mine pretty quick. There's a Stuart Vice golf ball? Somewhere. Did people, were they able to order them, or it was just for you no, three to was, have your own personalized it Vice? It was just personalized, just for us. Oh, that's amazing. It's like it's like if someone found, if you're in Scotland and you have found one of those balls, send it out, send me a pic. Didn't somebody, didn't RGC post something on the feed? Somebody was out and they found. Yeah, it happens a lot. I mean, I lose a lot of balls. That's true. You know, you've seen me play. Yeah, your, 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 your drive accuracy is. is uh, it's hot and cold. It needs some work. So, so um, welcome, welcome, welcome to the show, everyone uh, listening in from wherever you might be. Want to give a quick shout out. Bo, you want to do the sponsors? You want to do the ad read really quick? Yeah, what, are, what is the ad read? All right, ready? First up, uh, Precision Pro. <laughs> do you know what that is? Precision Pro is the um Jeez. The, uh, you... the the company that makes our uh, rangefinder. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. All right, what else do you have to say about this great piece of uh technology? Well, first of all, I can just tell you a little side note about the Precision Pro. Um it's a gorgeous is it like a what color do you call it? salmon? Yeah, salmon works. It's a beautiful salmon. And let's be honest. <laughs> well, where, I, where was it caught? What kind of salmon is it? Um What's the uh, what's that place up in Alaska? There's a certain river. I forget, but it was in one of those rivers. It was a wild, hey, wild Siri. salmon. Hey Siri. What's the most famous Alaskan? Where, where do they catch salmon in in Alaska? Hey Siri. Siri. Where, where do they catch salmon in Alaska? Okay, I found this on the web for where did they catch salmon in Alaska? Check it out. Nah, it doesn't really say. Never mind. Yeah. TBD. We just lost a third of the audience right there. <laughs> <laughs> Later, y'all. <laughs> See ya. Like, Later. what is this? Yeah, this is garbage. Well, no, the Precision Pro Rangefinder, <laughs> the only thing, I, this is the truth that I have to say because it's on my mind. Rangefinders work amazingly. My shaky hands do not. How many times have we really? been playing golf and I'm like, hey, bro, can you shoot that for yeah, me? What is I, that? I don't know what it is. I, I, I've had people tell me I have really steady hands in other areas. In other areas? Like, what other area? You know, like Legos, building blocks. <laughs> what are, are you? You're not typing. No, I, I don't know. But for some reason with a rangefinder, I really struggle uh, putting that those little crosses on the, and really. You're not a nervous guy. Oh, I. I... <laughs> <laughs> Buddy, I got news for you. My whole world has just been creating a real steady shell. And underneath it. It's, uh, you know, I'm one step away from a 5150. <laughs> Just Does, right to the nut house. Any of y'all know what a 5150 is? They have Why to Why do know. they call it 5150? It's when you, it's when you get locked up in the insane asylum. That's right. When you have to go to, when you, when you, when you're 5150, you're going right to the nut Why house. Why do they call it 5150? You want me to Google that? Yeah, kind of. Hey Siri. We're just, this is an Apple ad. Why do they call going to the insane asylum 5150? She might know. Okay. Oh, I love how he's got the British Siri. Insane Asylum and 
<laughs> it's extra with the British Siri. <laughs> it really is nice. <laughs> 5150, refer, 5150 refers to the California law code for the temporary involuntary psychiatric commitment of individuals who present a danger to themselves or others due to signs of mental illness. It has been more generally applied to people who are considered threateningly unstable or crazy. It, not funny, folks. Legit. Not funny, but, but also kind of funny when Bo talks about it. Because well, he's I mean, not. He's not. You're not really there. No, no, no. I'm not. You're I mean... Fine. But we're all really close to being there. We just don't know it. I've heard a quote. We've heard of stories of people who are just right as rain, going to their life, going home, going to work, and the next thing you know, bang, they're there. Because they didn't know. That's the issue. They didn't know. You know, the guy we interviewed um, in the Louisiana State Penitentiary, Angola, for Adventures in Golf, he, he had a normal life, and then one day, bang, killed his wife. He killed her by accident. I think he was drunk, and he hit her with his car. He got into a fight. But, yeah, I mean... I don't think he meant anyway. Whatever we don't. He didn't mean to kill her. Look, nobody so, means to so do that. It's I. I beg well, to okay. I'm a few people probably mean to do. It. By the way, I <laughs> that's can't what they, find. That's what Netflix. All Netflix is is people that mean to kill people. That's true. People it's can, just all. It's black and red. It's just, people killing people. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's look. Anyway, you're so you so you have nerves under the calm, cool, co- collective. I have to be veneer. honest with you. I mean, you probably saw a little bit on our road trip, but. A lot of my life I didn't realize was the me that I created kind of as a defense mechanism to just deal with the onslaught of terror that I was feeling inside that I didn't know how to deal with as a kid. So most of my life, people say about like, you seem very calm, you seem very balanced, pretty peaceful guy, pretty zen, you don't really get too anxious. And you're like, stop right there, stop right there. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm just like... do you realize that every 10th breath I take is a very deep, like, <gasps> I mean, you even said on one of our podcasts, like, wow, you have a, you really breathe like, <sighs> is yeah. that, is, and that's just a way of staying with it. I think that my deep breath is lit. I mean, look, some people would argue, um, when you're nervous or you're in fear or you're anxious, uh, you know, most people have learned from childhood to do something to like anesthetize whatever it is. So they eat, they do drugs and alcohol, they do something, they shop, they, you know, whatever, work out. We do things because what we're really doing is trying to not have to deal with whatever is happening. Mm. We need to make it go away. So we don't ever actually deal with it. We just make it go away by, but eventually that just all stops working. Yeah. So for me in the past couple of years, I have just gotten present, especially in the past year during COVID, to be honest, I've stopped anesthetizing pretty much in every area of my life. As you know, I don't really do anything. Yeah, you don't do anything. And so um, that's the long you, answer. You can barely watch a movie. Yeah. I mean, if there's uh, too beautiful of a woman on a screen, I just have to get up and leave the room. Out. Yeah. Got to go. Yeah. We were watching Wedding Crashers and you just left. Yeah, I just Isla Fisher showed up and you're like, ah, shit. Yeah, yeah, I can't watch this movie anymore. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm not as uh, as like people have even made comments on the RGC golf. One guy made a comment. I saw it like something about me being Zen and chill. And I, I guess I do kind of present that. And it is true. I have good balance in a lot of areas. But the truth I don't want to admit is like underneath it. I mean, I'm having I'm constantly thinking about stomach issues. Is there something wrong with me physically? You know, there's this pit in my, you know, that there's just a, a more fear than I would like to admit that's usually underneath the surface. Yeah, there's something going on. Something going so, on. So when it comes down to, um, you know, the sponsor, 
of the podcast, Precision Pro. You want to you want to dive back into that a little bit, or? Oh yeah, Precision Pro is a great rainfinder with the beautiful colors, salmon. It's good. And honestly, that was what I was trying to hammer home: is the aesthetics are amazing because we all know that there's other rangefinders out there, but I haven't found them to be quite as accurate, and I haven't found any of them to be quite as beautiful as the one that Precision Pro made in conjunction with Random Golf Club. So, you want something that's going to improve your accuracy on the course? Look beautiful on your bag. All right. And then to add to that, Random Golf Club is supported by Precision Pro Golf, who has been helping me find the green for the last three years with the help of their high-quality rangefinders that Bo is sort of <laughs> prohibited from using. Uh, we've also partnered together with them um, to make the all-new Random Golf Club rangefinder, the one that Bo's referring to, the Alaskan Salmon Colored. It has the RGC look with the Precision Pro Tech. That means it's the best-looking rangefinder on the market and will not only help you to hit more greens, but it also took look your best while doing it. That's very true. Anyway, best of all, with the holidays, sales have begun. What's the, what do you think the discount is, Bo? 30%. Maybe 40 I think it's 40%. $40. So close. Oh, $40. $40. So that's like, it's, it's like 15 or 20%, but it's $40 no matter what. Right. No matter how you yeah, slice 20%. it. 20%. $40 off one of the award-winning rangefinders. Whether you're shopping for yourself or that golfer that you love this holiday season, Precision Pro Golf Rangefinder is the perfect gift. Comes with a 90-day money-back guarantee, and you'll never guess. Oh, wow. Can you guess what else it comes with? Two other things it comes with. A beautiful leather case? No. Stop breathing into the mic. You're creeping me out. I told you. I told you. <laughs> it comes with two other things. No idea. A warranty? A warranty. How long is the warranty? The warranty is one year from purchase. Two years. Two. Wow. Even better, folks. See? Yeah. And then it comes with free blank replacement for life. Blank replacement. Fill in the blank, Bo. Battery. Wow. You got it. Unbelievable, dude. Good job. Thank you. Yeah, By the way, even... the only reason I said one year on the warranty is because I've, I've I, you know, I had a rage finder a few years back that just didn't really work. Did that you say well. rage finder? Yeah, it was a rage finder. <laughs> you just point it on the course and you can find anybody that's losing it. I love that. So anyway, yeah, you got the you got all of that right. So anyway, check out Precision Pro. Also check out Jones Golf Bags based in Portland. They make a great bag. And we got some random golf club versions of the Jones Golf Bag, the original, the Utility Trooper. They're all live with uh, Tony's designs on the randomgolfclub.com shop. And uh, then you can also go check out Vice Golf Balls. We've got a new collab with Vice Golf coming out pretty soon. Obviously been pretty delayed. They are awesome. Yeah, it's going to be pretty sick. 12 balls. To rule them alls. The malls or all the, them, them alls. alls? Them alls. I like it, that. You know, we, we watched Lord of the Rings this weekend. We're halfway through the third. We've watched 10 hours Quarter. of Lord of the Rings. I mean, and Gollum is just more and more presenting himself as Snowball. Don't People don't know that about Snowball. Snow, <laughs> no, it's just because Snowball hacks up. He's like, Oh, Smeagol. Snowball Smeagol. is actually Smeagol. Yeah, no. Gollum, I mean, yeah, Smeagol. The same character. Well, because Smeagol is kind of the calmer version of yeah. Gollum, and, and Snowball is calmer more than... So look, the reason, folks, why we wanted to do this podcast tonight is Bo and I were just over at Shake Shack, and uh, this is, we were driving back, and uh, Bo mentioned that he had... You got, a, you got a flat tire today. Well, I didn't get a flat tire, but what I did get is basically two days ago, uh, or three days ago, I... Um, heard that noise that some of you have probably heard when you're driving and gotten a nail in the tire and you hear this thump, 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 thump. So I heard that and pulled over and I couldn't feel anything, but I got the indicator today that 
tire pressure low. Sure enough, I went to a place, the pressure was down like 10 pounds and they found a nail. And it's the third or potentially fourth time since I think COVID started, especially in the past year that I have gotten a nail in the tire that didn't just make it flat immediately. No, one time it was actually flat. <laughs> I actually hit a curb, I think. Anyway, yeah, I got a nail in the tire today. And, and, and so the reason why this is interesting to me is because you, you, this is the fourth time. That's a lot of times, to be fair. Maybe it's the third time. You don't really know. You, do, you don't know. Is there a way you could know or no? Um, more than likely, I have a receipt from all the places that I either bought a tire or, or I could go into my debit card account <laughs> and look at some tire shop that I paid money to. But here's the thing, folks. This is what I really wanted the world to hear is that th this is fascinating to me. You, 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 it's not just a flat tire for you. Can we cue the jazz music again? <laughs> it's not. Hey Siri, play smooth jazz. Can she do this? No, she doesn't see an app for that. I don't say, have Apple say, Music. Hey, I got it, I got it, I got it. You just get started. You, so for you, it's not just a flat tire. What is it for you? Well, I mean, it's a deep metaphorical, it's not even metaphorical, it's a deep lesson that is trying to be uh, un unveiled to me. It's, it's trying to teach me something. When we recreate a pattern over and over in our life, <laughs> when, we, when we recreate the same problem, over and over there's something that's trying to the universe is trying to teach us something there's a lesson you got to find that lesson you got to find that lesson but sometimes that lesson finds you but you're just not you're not listening you're not looking you just think oh you know it's just a random chance no when it's the same thing consistently the universe is trying to deliver you the goods you you you're you fully believe that I 100% believe that. So, so as a matter of fact, you could Google a lot of articles that would back that up from a spiritual did. perspective. You, you did Google it. Can, I, can you read what you Googled? Because well, here's, I mean, I personally, I just think you hit a nail in the tire. I think it's kind of like when it rains, it pours, bad things come in threes, whatever. Things come in three, waves come in. I just think it's like, whatever, it's a coincidence. Like, I think it's a coincidence. And my version of it is that you can make it mean whatever you want it to mean. It's like, it, it, it could mean whatever the hell you want it to be. Well, th yes, there's some accuracy that there's probably a lot of different answers to, um, you, you could make up, I mean, look, if I slipped on a banana peel and then I slipped on a banana peel four more times in the same year and it was always a banana peel, you know, what I believe is that, no, there's, there is some kind of lesson that is trying to be shown up to you, uh, that's trying to be shown to you. I believe that there is a, wh whether it's karma or let's just call it, there are a lot of uh, spiritual scientists or just scientists actually now, actual scientists that are clearly stating that all thoughts, all your thoughts create reality. Thoughts are creating. Yeah. So if I'm having the same human experience over and over and over and over, at some level, either collectively or individually, I'm creating, there's an experience that's being continually created and it's probably being created because there's a belief I'm operating from, or there's some, there's something that is trying to be taught to me. You know, I'm not saying okay. if it's a, I'm not saying all random occurrences. I'm saying the occurrences that seem random that happen over and over. And for me, this is something that happened four times and, and, and it didn't, never happened to me. Like, I mean, in this, in one year, 
and it never happened before. Right. So for me, there's something that's trying to get through the infield. Like it, there's something, and I and I googled what that what, was. What did Google say? Well, here we go. Wait, where to go? Ah, so I didn't get a flat tire. There's a there's an article. It, it, it's about three paragraphs that talk about certain things. But this, I'm going to get right to the part. If it is a slow leak, as in a nail or a puncture, like slow jazz, like slow jazz. Hang on. Well, I, we'll come back to it. Yeah. You have a person, situation, or another energy drain, a problem that robs you of your emotions and thoughts creeping in when you are still. And for whatever reason, you may feel powerless to change this situation. The real problem is not the situation. The problem is in your belief system. If you are uncertain what your negative belief may be, notice the judgments you hold against yourself or others. If you are envious of another, there is evidence in your emotional body that you have a block up in that area. This means that any effort to achieve what you envy will be inevitably sabotaged. So this is a good place to start. I don't know. I mean, to me, it feels like how can you know what something is? It's I feel like I want to play a little audio clip here because to me, it's sort of like we have no idea what something is until it's 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 impossible. That's where I go with it. And that's where I say either either make it good news or we don't know. That's where I go with it. Yeah, I mean, I think what I would say, first of all, is when I read that, it resonated. Oh, really? Absolutely. But you're not like, do you read your, like, astrology? No, I don't do, I mean, when I moved to LA, I, I, I spent like a month learning about astrology because I felt like it would help me fit in more in Los Angeles, but no. <laughs> Bingo. You know, I mean, because everybody, what's your sign? I'm like, wait, yeah. what? What are you talking about? What is your sign? Uh, I'm a Taurus, uh, Taurus uh, Cancer Capricorn. Nice. Yeah. I throw out the rising and the moon because that's pertinent also. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know. Yeah, I don't even really know anymore. But um, so, you know, for me, when I read that, like there was some, it, it resonated a bit. You know, again, you can go a lot of ways here, but I'm only making this point that if something is showing up consistently, regularly, in a very similar way, it's probably an opportunity to learn. Now, you could phrase it with whatever words you want. I'm just using the words that it's a lesson and an opportunity to learn that the universe, the world is presenting to you yeah, in a very unique way. Um, let me, let me, let me play something here. I, I'm not sure if you've heard this before, but this is Alan Watts telling the story of the Chinese farmer. Have you heard this? I've listened to a lot of Alan Watts, so I may know it once you start playing it. I don't yeah. know it by the title. I think about this story a lot, and I think it relates to this a little bit. And I, I, this is just having a discussion because I think it's kind of interesting the way we interpret the world. And I just this this I, I've been thinking about this actual story a lot. So tell me if you've heard it, but we'll, we'll listen to it. It's only two minutes. I guess there's a long intro. Sorry. Once upon a time, there was a Chinese farmer who uh, lost a horse, ran away. And all the neighbors came around that evening and said, that's too bad. And he said, maybe. The next day, the horse came back and brought seven wild horses with it. 
And all the neighbors came around and said, why, that's great, isn't it? And he said, maybe. The next day, his son was attempting to tame one of these horses and was riding it and was thrown and broke his leg. And all the neighbors came round in the evening and said, well, that's too bad, isn't it? And the farmer said, maybe. And the next day, the conscription officers came around looking for people for the army. And they rejected his son because he had a broken leg. And all the neighbors came around that evening and said, isn't that wonderful? And he said, maybe. <laughs> the whole process of nature is an integrated process of immense complexity. And it is really impossible to tell whether anything that happens in it is good or bad. Because you never know what will be the consequences of a misfortune. Or you never know what will be the consequences of good fortune. Yeah, and so, um, you know, I think that the, the way I think about that is like, you know, I, I heard it this time and I really thought about golf. You know what I mean? I thought, I thought about 17B. The rule 17B, laugh at the bad shots. You did? Well, yeah. That's because, so funny because I thought about golf too, and I've, I've heard this a lot of times, and I've never really brought it to golf. I've always thought, I was actually told this story by Dr. Parent, uh, author of Zen Golf, when he said, he, he told it as, um, the line was, good news, bad news, who knows? Similar. Well, that's what it made me think of. So I heard, see, for me, I went two places. So he was speaking to, seeing or defining or labeling a occurrence as good or bad. But his response was maybe and the perspective that we can take. But you could also see if he had chosen to, which he didn't, to somebody say, but okay, but then what did you learn from choosing not to make it good or bad? And so two things happen. One, to go back to the, the nail in the tire, because I'm not labeling it good or bad. It just simply is acceptance of all things are definitely what's going to allow me to be more peaceful than less peaceful. But I also think something is being presented as a learning opportunity for me. All of life is a learning opportunity, but especially if something shows up again and again and again. And so it's not about being good or bad, but what is trying to be, what, what is the universe through all these occurrences trying to teach me and you know so I, I I then also went into golf though listening to that because I thought oh right it's such a great reminder to be on the golf course 17b there's no such thing as good or bad shots there's just simply what's happening but can I learn from the good or bad shots yes you know can I learn from the mistake right it's not even a mistake you know, that's the real thing of like, this is the way it is. So I accept it as it is, but also can I learn? Is there something like if I keep, if I keep slicing a ball into the woods over and over and over, there's probably something that I need to learn because it keeps happening over and over again. Yeah. I could just accept it and say, you know what? I just slice the ball in the woods every time. And that's the way it's going to be. That is also a choice. But more than likely when you're playing golf, the intention is to get it to that green area. So, you know, not good or bad, but what did I learn? You know, and 
So for me, when the nail went into the tire today, you know, that's where my mind goes lately with doing a lot of the work I've done in the past is what is the universe trying to teach me? Um, there's something here for me to learn. I keep, I, I seem to keep recreating an experience, um, recently. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, like I said, I, I, having, having listened to this a dozen times or so, um, hearing it today and thinking about maybe, and the farmer's lack of need to define or, um, you know, categorize or label like you were saying, and just maybe, I mean, we don't know. And that's my favorite person to play golf with the maybe guy, right? The, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know where it ended up. I guess I'll find out, you know, and then I'll figure it out. And the farmer did that, right? Is it, 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 in, in the story, the way it's told, it's obviously meant to be a spiritual parable. The farmer also has this air of non-attachment, good or bad. Who knows? We'll find out later. But also there's an element of, but either way, I'm okay with it right now. Well, and you bring up a good point because, you know, I'm sure I'm not alone in this, but maybe I am. Maybe it's just me. But I, I would say that this is true in my own life and in this experience today. What happens a lot with my mind and is, I, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm labeling it bad, but there's almost some kind of emotional reaction that occurs when something reoccurs consistently where my mind wants to be like, there must be something wrong that we need to learn. So in a, in a way it's almost a subtle way of labeling it bad without me actually labeling it bad because my mind goes to, I must be doing something wrong. There must be a lesson I need to learn so that I stop recreating this same experience. So you bring up a good point that the art is non-attachment neutrality. Can you really accept it? Bring peace, take wrong and right and bad and good out of it, but then also still, receive the potential lesson you know like oh there something's off on my swing plane there is no, <laughs> no right no wrong neutral but there is there is a mechanical there is clearly because the result is i want it to go left and it keeps going right over and over well and to get more into the golf example which you know the community here is steeped in right the we're we're steeped in the experience of playing golf that's our shared experience that's our shared enemy that's our we are expats we are we are we are identified because we share this experience which you know the reason why we have a rule called 17b to laugh at the bad shots is because the experience is typically so frustrating that we need to remind ourselves to let go to to not be frustrated to to exit the anger stage right or left because the idea of I hear you like talking about this experience of continually making the same mistake. Well, I can't think of that many things that are more frustrating on a golf course than that. Right? Just constantly making the same mistake. And then at that point, you're faced with basically two options. Do you try to fix it or do you just roll with it and you just keep aiming left? All right, we're taking an ad break here, you folks. So check it out. Make sure to check out our regular partners of the podcast. Whoop band, use your code EAL. Uh, go check out TaylorMade Golf. Fans of Tiger Woods, check out uh, Vice Golf, the old golf balls coming to RGC exclusive ball coming out pretty soon. 
Make sure to check out Jones Golf Bags based in Portland, Oregon. And as always, get your Precision Pro RGC Rangefinder from randomgolfclub.com. Special guest this week, ExpressVPN. You've heard me mess this ad read up a couple times. The title of it is Bathroom R1. Not sure what that means, but anyway, when you use the bathroom, you always close the door behind you, right? (laughs) Sometimes. Not if I'm trying to get weird. You don't want random passers by. Oh, random. They didn't highlight that word. Passers by looking in on you. So why would you let people look in on you when you go online? Use the internet without ExpressVPN is kind of like going to the bathroom and not closing the door, you perv. Did you know Did you know that your internet service provider like Comcast or Verizon knows every single website you visit? Actually, I mean... Yeah, and I'm kind of, yeah, that's not okay, actually. And what's worse is they can sell that information to ad companies. Not okay with that. ExpressVPN puts a stop to that. Creates a secure encrypted tunnel. Who doesn't like a tunnel? Bo, do you like tunnels? Love tunnels. I love tunnels, man. And I love tunnels, especially when it's ExpressVPN and my encrypted tunnel device. Tunnel's exciting, man. Anyway, ExpressVPN is on all my devices. It works on everything, phones, laptops, even routers. Do you even know what a router is? Can you imagine what a router looks like? Don't fart. I've got, oh, God. Anyway, the best part is about ExpressVPN is as easy as cleaning the bathroom door, closing the bathroom door. <laughs> you just fire up the app, click a button, and you protect it. So head it over to expressvpn.com slash Eric, expressvpn.com slash Eric, E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V as in Victor, P as in private, N as in notch, dot com slash Eric, and you can get an extra three months free. That's three months. That's, that's, That's 90 days. Imagine not having a drink for 90 days. All right, folks, real quick, Theragun. This is a new ad read, and it's coming from a fan. I am into the Theragun. Okay, feel free to ad-lib the introduction with personalized copy or start with below. The stress of daily life weighs on us all. Whether you're an elite athlete or just a regular person like you and me, trying to get through the day, muscle pain and tension is a real thing. So here's the deal. You can try, uh, I use Theragun. It's a handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest fears. I mean muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combination of depth, speed, and power. Wow. That's a mouthful, a handful, and basically a muscleful. So anyway, that's because the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor that's so quiet italicized this part is, you will wonder if it is even on. While you soothe your aching muscles with Theragun's signature power, amplitude, and effectiveness. So anyway, I do love my Theragun. I've had it now for two years. I got a replacement once. Oh, they came out with a newer one, and I was like, send me the newer one. And they sent it to me in very nicely, and I always have it in my bag. So anyway, try it for 30 days. No substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power you need. Starting at only $169. Did you know it's only $169, Bo? I did. That's a, that's a fucking deal. I got to say it right there. Go to theragun.com slash Eric right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash Eric. 30 days. No substitute. Anyway, theragun.com slash Eric. Hey, Sklar Brothers here, Randy and Jason, and we have a couple of podcasts. If you you know them or you don't know them, check them out. We do View from the Cheap Seats, which is sports and comedy, and we have a podcast called Dumb People Town where we break down stupid behavior done by stupid people in this stupid world of ours. It is hilarious. Check them both out, and now check out this podcast. 
I mean, I don't know if you've had this discussion in the past, but I, you know, I know that what Random Golf Club stands for is it's more than score and the technicalities. It's not a ran. It's not about that. But I would argue that most golfers that go on a golf course are still walking out there to put the ball in the hole. Can we learn to let go of what it looks like getting there? That's a practice. Um, but, you know, if I'm trying to chip from five feet off the green and I keep uh, de-accelerating on my downswing and just stubbing or whatever it's called, hitting it fatter, you know, and I do that over and over and over, you know, uh, unless somebody is a golfer who cares zero about really how many shots, I mean, zero, which would be fun to say in theory, but I can't imagine that person exists. You know, they're trying to probably have some level of um, more consistency in, in, in their play or an improvement. I mean, you really brought up the point. The goal is improvement, consistency with neutrality and non-attachment. How do you do that? How do you uh, and that requires practice. But for me, um, you know, what I would say is today, especially with the tire situation, you know, again, um, like I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't know I even, I didn't know what happened. It just happened and there it was. And so my, the opportunity was, okay, first go fix the tire. Got to do that because that's what's being called for now. But is there something maybe that needs to occur um, so that I can stop creating this experience? <laughs> And See, so but that's where, that's where I get mixed up is stop creating the experience. It's like, dude, you're not, I don't believe that. I don't believe that you're putting a tire, a nail in the tire. I just can't. Well, no, but so you're missing. I believe manifestation works to a point, but on well, the other hand, it's got to be random. Well, no, but here, well, okay. So I, my argument is no, I, I live from a perspective that every single thing that happens in our life we are, we are co-creating to some degree. There's nothing, and you know, the famous 12 steps, there's nothing happening in like, that it, I'm not a victim. To me, a lot of the work I've done in my life is moving from victim to victor. And how you do that is there's no blame. There's nothing. It's not I'm bad and I've done something wrong and it's a self-blame, shame. It's simply, okay, on some level, I choose to believe that it's my thoughts, it's my beliefs, it's, there's some aspect, maybe if you believe in souls or whatever, some, uh, maybe I manifested it or wrote it into my existence before I even was born, whatever. You know, like on some level, I'm creating the experience I'm having. I'm accountable. And so not bad, not wrong, because a lot of people go the wrong direction there. I know they go into shame and guilt and over-responsibility, which is unhealthy. But it's simply, can I find that neutral place you talked about from a place of peace but be willing to be like, okay, I'm creating an experience blowing the putt by the whole 15 feet every single time I putt. And I'm, and, and I'd be lying if I said, which by the way, that's not the case for me folks. Um, but I'd be lying. Very good putter. Very good putter. Short game is on point. It really is. Um, but I would be lying if I was doing that to say, okay, yeah, I don't care that I blow it by the whole foot. No, no, I'd, I'd, I'd like to at least even get to within three feet or even start making more. So, you know, that's why where I come back to, I believe that we create the experiences that we're having where we're to some level, we're creating them. And if they have, let's call it a negative vibration in us, we feel anxious in the body. We don't feel good. We're, there's anger. You know, if, it, if, if what we're experiencing continuously 
is causing that kind of response in our body or our mind or emotion, I believe that we're creating that not as something to beat ourselves over the head with, but to learn from. Like to me, we spend our whole lives as kids trying to not ask what is these feelings that are happening in my body that feel uncomfortable and negative and ugh, and we just go numb out, or I did for a long time, but it's actually trying to teach us. So when I, for the fourth time, put a nail in my tire and I experience like frustration, I'm like, what? Like, I don't have a, I don't have a neutral response because I don't have a neutral response to me. There must be something to learn. The fact that I'm not having a neutral response. If I was on a golf course, blowing it by 15 feet and dumping my chip and I was just like, cool. If I'm there or if you're there, you're probably my next Zen teacher. But I would argue that 99% of our audience is not there when they blow it by 15 feet or when they, or the nail, like they have a, a response. Well, it's funny because when the pod started and we were talking about the 5150, I was going to bring up a quote that um, I can't remember who said it, but it was every go- oh, I think it was Fred Shoemaker. Every golfer is two shots from being crazy, from going crazy. You know, because I mean, it's one thing to hit a bad drive, but to follow it up with a bad iron or another bad drive. And if it and it comes down to ultimately desire, like what's our desire? Because if you go to the golf course and your desire is some type of greatness, some type of success, some type of numerical version of a win, because let's face it, we're only playing ourselves at the end of the day. We do play others. We do matches and things like that. But really, we go home with ourselves. And so and so that version of your desire ultimately. So what is the desire when it comes to this? car this tire why does it what does it mean because because we have different worldviews we have different worldviews we see the world differently just as everyone who's listening to this podcast all four of you (laughs) yeah yeah we lost them at the salmon like googling salmon alaskan river yeah everyone listening to the podcast you have a different worldview everyone you're talking anyone you've ever spoken to does not define the words the way you do because they haven't read the same books, watched the same movies, lived with the same siblings, parents, grandparents, friends, animals. Their entire ingredients for life are different than yours. So it would be impossible for two people to see anything the same way. And I'm learning this a lot in running a company. So I'm realizing now when I tell, like for example, Peter, when I, when I tell him something or when, I'm, or when I'm hearing him tell me something, when I'm asking him a question, we need to have a blank canvas about what we're actually talking about. We need to be explicit and we need to really define things. And I'm not talking about like logistics. I'm talking about what does success look like? I'm talking about stuff like that. And so when I think about the tire, we have a different view of it. You and I Bo, because my version of the tire is I got another flat tire. That is so fucking weird. Oh, well, like it just, it just would like literally blow past me. I, I would, it would never, it, it, it would at that point at four, at four pops, I would be like, this is so funny. This is ridiculous. But I don't know. I don't know that I would Google it and then believe that. Well, but wait a minute. Can I bring up sure. what you mentioned in Laurel Canyon when you got the last one you got? What? A, yeah. How fast were you going? <laughs> well, I learned my lesson. So, so when he, <laughs> said, <laughs> he just said, I learned the lesson, folks. Yeah. Well, mine was absolutely my fault. I got a flat tire three months ago. I was actually headed out to play golf. I left the house at like 6 a.m. And there's this road down 
Laurel Canyon, one of the in the on the Hollywood Hills, there's a road that goes back into the valley. So I'm like up in this little beautiful little L.A. Hollywood picturesque road, and it's really smooth and fast. And like, I mean, if you had a real sports car, you could you could easily clock one ten around these turns, and they're nice big GP turns, you know. And so I'm using the middle lane, which is an unused lane. It's essentially one of these yellow medians that just is filled with shit. And I go right through the median. It's like 6.30 in the morning on a Sunday. And I'm going like 70 down this hill. And I, I drive through the median and I hear it. Tick, 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 tick. And I was like, there you go. Um, my time is numbered. My, my, you know, my time is now. Well, see, here's what's interesting. You didn't need the four times because in that scenario, if somebody totally random that didn't know you came up to you and said, like, why do you think you got the nail in the tire? Oh, no, exactly why. Which is? I was driving recklessly. Right. If somebody got four nails going 70 miles an hour recklessly and they were like, if their response was, oh, this is so funny. No, but I mean, you haven't been driving. You're not a reckless driver. You barely go six miles over. It's not about, see, it's not a, this is what I'm going back to. Putting terribly, chipping terribly, slicing every drive you hit. It's not about it being bad or wrong or being, I'm doing it bad. It's I not, did it bad. It's well, yeah, you did do it bad. You were speeding <laughs> in a you're, but but even that look from a spiritual perspective, even that it's not bad. Well, I didn't beat myself up. That's I was, right. You I was were bummed choos- that I couldn't play golf. Here's what happens: we make a choice. You were driving seventy. That was your choice. Somebody decides to overswing. They slide. We make our choices, mm, right? It doesn't mean that decides it's decides to overswing. I like that. Yeah, it, it that, that they make a choice, right? And then they have a result, neither of which is good or bad. It goes back to. If my response is anything other than neutral, there's probably something to learn. And learning doesn't mean that I've done, that I'm saying, well, I need to learn something because I must be doing something bad, which is where I can take it sometimes. I can take it to the negative of like, there must be something I'm doing wrong to have this not enjoyable experience occurring, right? So, you know, for me... um, I don't know that you and I differ because you just said like you learned like, oh, right. If I drive 75 miles an hour in the middle lane 35 in a 35 mile zone or 70 in a 35 mile yeah. an hour zone in the middle of the yellow where there's always stuff and debris, I'm probably there, there's a chance I'm going to get a nail versus if I'm driving the speed limit in the lane. Yeah. You may not have needed to learn that lesson because you already know that. I'm simply saying that if you create the same experience, yeah. so you had over and over or with regularity, you know, that's not an enjoyable experience. If you're not in neutrality, I've seen people on a golf course. I know you have, and they implode, you know, bad shot, bad shot, break a club over their leg, walk off after 12 holes, lose all what, whatever. And they go, I'm never playing this game again. It's a terrible game, whatever, not inquiry. What's going on. There's also the saying of how you do one thing is how you do everything. A lot of people go on a golf course and if they were willing, they could learn that something's going on. Like, you know, I had a friend recently who actually just started kind of picking up the game and their dad like is a big golfer and loves to golf. And he was telling me how frustrated and I mean, there was a lot of frustration coming out of his mouth. And what it boiled down to is he just doesn't he just wants the approval of his dad. Mm. He wants to. So not right, not wrong, but it's, it's a teachable moment. The golf course is teaching him something there. It's teaching him like, oh, it's not that you actually care that you hit a bad golf shot. Yeah. What you're learning is that there's a connection that you hope you want to have and you're not sure if you're having it. Yeah. 
lesson. Sure, there are some people out there could be like, no, you just suck on the golf course. No. To well, me, to me not that's that. not, to me, it's not the case. To me, all I'm saying, and I'll stop rambling, and, is, is, and I'll say it for the last time. No matter what it is, if your emotional response or bodily response or mental response, if you start thinking about it, if it's negative, angry, anxious, if there's some kind of discomfort in the body or mind, I think that there is an opportunity to learn something being presented. Well, yeah, and that goes um, back to um, really, you know, I'm thinking right now of, I've, I've said this before on the podcast somewhere, but there is a man uh, who was named Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche. Yeah. And he wrote a book called Meditation in Action. And in that book, he wrote a story that was called The Manure of Experience. And what's happening? Oh, yeah. The Manure of Experience. So, folks, The Manure of Experience is about a farmer. Not a Chinese farmer. Probably a Tibetan farmer. And the idea with that saxophone, um, the the idea of the farmer who is observing the manure of experience, as, as an unskilled farmer would basically take the manure from all of the livestock, the horses and the sheep and everything, and, and, and throw the manure away. A skilled farmer will do the dirty work with this manure and use it as fertilizer to grow new things. And so we have the opportunity with our experiences that are uncomfortable and smelly and frustrating to create something new. And Trung Parimpache would call that the birth of Bodhi, right? Which is the uh, beginning of being awakened, right? And... Um, it was really interesting for me to learn about that in the context of golf, also through Dr. Parent, and think about how all of these moments on the golf course that are essentially uncomfortable and, and a lot like shit. Like you say the word. You say the word after it happens. Bad shot. Shit. Really what you should be saying is, what an opportunity. You know? And then the last thing I'll say about that, too, is Ram Das. You know Ram Das. Um, my homie. Yeah. <laughs> what up, guy? <laughs> my guy, Ram. What it do? My guy. <laughs> what that book do, Das? What it do, Ram? <laughs> Ram Das wrote the book, Be Here Now, which is a one of a kind. Um, and he's a big golfer. Did you know that, Bo? I did not know. Loves I, the game. Yeah, no. Loves it. I have an hour talk that we should just air as a pod. You have an hour talk with Ram Dass? I wasn't there. I stole the video footage from someone else. I have it, though. High res. VHS. Digitized. RGC videos. Yeah, it's key, man. He's sitting there cross-legged. Just hit a drive and then release the video. I got to. Yeah, so anyway, he talks about in the beginning, he says, you know, um, my favorite thing of golf, my favorite thing about golf is to watch myself experience the playing of the game watch myself you know be frustrated watch myself um you know call myself names watch myself care watch myself not care it, this observe observation of me in the game and then he at the end he kind of talks about how he says you know I've, I've come to this 
sort of puzzle where I show up to the golf course and I have this new little game I play. So instead of just playing golf, I show up to the golf course and I try to not identify as a golfer. And I try to basically show up and just play the game, but not identify with being a player of the game. I need to pull this up to make it a little bit more eloquent, but he's basically just talking about at that point, there is, there is no identification with, you know, the ego of the golfer. And he's merely a spiritual being in this incredible, beautiful place. Anyone who loves or hates golf can agree with that. I guess, unless you really, you know, have a, um, ethical environmental problem with golf, which I wouldn't blame you for. But anyway, you know, it's a beautiful place. And so, and so to be out there and not being identifying as a golfer and just sort of being there, not in, not, not engaged in the fruits of the game, just, just, just playing. I think that's how pro golfers play. I think they're so locked in. There's not anything else out there. They probably learned a lot of lessons before they got to that level of peace. Totally. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, you, you, when you were speaking, there's some beautiful points you made, and that would be great to see that video. That would be a great video. I mean, I actually tried to find it this weekend. I couldn't find it. It's yeah. somewhere. I mean, by the way, if, if you, if any of these listeners, if you have no idea who Ram Dass is, just go to YouTube and search Ram Dass and just listen to some, a few things. But, um, you know, what it made me think of was when I did the psychology training that what what they call earth is they call it the earth school the earth school and when we incarnate into a human body we're just simply here to learn that that's the only reason that we here are here so no matter what your religion background faith no faith is that that their take on the purpose of being in the body at all is it's a is it's the body is a vehicle to learn a curriculum that we actually asked for before we got here so that all we're doing ever really in any moment is learning. But obviously there's a lot more pivotal moments. And I think what's interesting on the golf course and everybody knows the traffic metaphor, right? If you want to know how spiritual you are, just go get in traffic and see how your response is. You can learn from your experience and response in traffic where you are peace wise, right? You just bring up, brought up a good point. It would be beautiful to go play an entire 18 holes and maintain a state of peace the entire 18 holes to set that intention of no matter what happy joy peace to set that intention but if i'm on the golf course as we talked about earlier and i am not happy irritable you know judging myself constantly oh well, it's teaching me something. I don't know if I'm going to actually learn the lesson on the golf course, but that would be amazing if I did, if I actually learned it, if it just hit me right there and I put it into every other area of my life. But I typically think that these, you know, there's these places in our life, whether it's the tire on the road, the relationship you're in, that par three you're playing, that putt you constantly, there's, it, it's all a lesson. And usually it's about me making the invitation to be, I'm ready to learn it. Something's going on here that's happening a lot. I'm, I'm willing to learn it. And typically, I don't think it's technical, but I think it's deeper than that. But maybe it just, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe some of my problem or a lot of people's issues is that we tend to leave, 
the, the good and bad out. We bring the good and bad in. We label it. Instead of just being okay, like you said, and be like, whatever, that's funny. Learn the lesson and move on. You know, make it worse. Like, there must be something wrong with me. I can't hit it down the fairway. I, I must be. There's no, dude, just, what am I even doing here? Yeah, what am I doing? I've said that to myself. Yeah, like, what it, am I even doing here? What the fuck am I here? No. That's a terrible thing to say to yourself. Right. After carving out time. I think I heard you say it at Wingfoot. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> you know, but it really is interesting. You know, if we listen to the narratives that we say in these little moments, they're teaching us, you know. And, you know, so for me, I think it, that'd be beautiful to go out and play around. And before I play, my intention is. My intention is to experience peace the whole round. And if there's anything that I could potentially learn from this round, if there's a learning opportunity, show me. Show me, you know. All right, folks, another quick couple ads to come at you here. One first one here from Features. You've heard me talk about it before, but the thing is, Believe it or not, the holidays are almost here. It's been a strange few months, so why not give friends and family the gift that puts a jingle back in their bingle step? Anyway, for 20 years, Features has been solely, (laughs) pun intended, anyway, focused on delivering unsurpassed performance socks. A great pair of socks can be the perfect holiday gift for anyone on your list. Ideally, they have to have feet, unless they're doing sock puppets, folks, in which case they need to have hands. So anyway, with Features, every pair feels like a custom fit. Wow, how does wearing features compare? Dude, features are, like I've already said, they're like a burrito. Not just a regular burrito, but a tightly wrapped California burrito for your fetos. Anyway, I do notice additional support, mostly emotional. And uh, it does have a difference during my golf game because I feel clean and smooth. Here's the thing. I'll sometimes change socks twice a day. Look, that's a fact. I got to sometimes just try them, you know, just feel them out. And uh, features, you don't need to do that. You just wear one pair for the rest of your life. Just kidding. That's not in the ad copy. Anyway, the cushion feels good because I got like, who doesn't like a little cushion? It's like a little pillow for your foot. Anyway, um, the main thing is that runners around the world have loved features for years, but they're not just for runners anymore. They're for golfers, elite golfers. Anyway, they give you what you want, which is an edge on the links, meticulously engineered to keep the feet cool, dry, and comfy, drive after drive and putt after putt. Zone-specific compression. I don't even know what that is, but anyway, it's targeted for support with no slipping, bunching, or sliding. Uh, so check them out. All right. At features.com, get 10 bucks off your first pair. Use my code, Eric, E-R-I-K-F-E-E-T-U-R-E-S.com, promo code Eric. $10 off that first pair and check them out because the old family business, Hugh, John, and Joe got a little present for you for your feet and for anyone in your life. Their mission is to create quality products that help you achieve your personal best. So check them out over there at Features. Going to roll right into ad number two here. This is for, um, well, let me see. What does it say here? Betterhelp.com. If there's something, is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Folks, I don't like anything to get in between me and the goal. So anyway, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match your own licensed professional therapist. Oh, you're going to get some therapy, y'all. You're going to do that? Anyway, in just 48 hours, you can start communicating. Uh, It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. 
I have actually used this, and it's it's actually pretty rad. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor, not massage, just a message. Anyway, you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule a weekly video or phone session so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. If you don't like them, you move on. It's just the way it is. Anyway, it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. They want you to start living a happier and healthier life today at BetterHelp. So visit their website and read the testimonials that are posted daily. Uh, so anyway, betterhelp.com slash Anders. Switching it up here. Anyway, that's better H-E-L-P. And join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced pro, not tour pro. We're talking licensed doctors, I think, or whatever. I mean, maybe not a doctor. I might be reading that wrong. But anyway, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting an additional counselors in 50 states. So special offer for uh, the listeners of the Eric Anders Lang Show, get 10% off your first month, betterhelp.com slash Anders, A-N-D-E-R-S. Go get your help. You know, a lot of golf drives is crazy out there. So just, you know, go go get them sorted on your problems, and then we'll have fewer problems. Betterhelp.com slash Anders. You know, it's funny. is How much golf do I play right now, Bo? In this moment, like in the past couple months? Yeah, the not, past, like not six a, months. Not, not a lot. Like not like how much? I mean, compared to somebody who professionally golfs, who's at the range four or five days a week and is playing constantly. Compa- compared to the community, how often do I play golf? Once a week. No, once a week. When was the last time I played? I guess I played. I played nine days ago. Oh no! Would, no, for the holiday, you played. You mean the holiday? You played with your brother. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I played five days ago, four days ago. That's yeah. right. I feel like I'm playing about once every two weeks. That's okay. Maybe over the past six months, you said, sorry, you said over the past six months, I would say that's accurate. Yeah. Once every two weeks tops. And, and here's the thing. And is, you never go to the range and you never practice. I know, <laughs> thank you. And it's a compliment. It's true. He doesn't. I, um, I have found no correlation between range time and higher levels of satisfaction. But all that is to say is that I don't, I don't play a lot of golf. And, and the truth is I, I'm, I, I love the game of golf and I've actually found that um, I love it so much that I have to treasure it and I have to kind of um, ration it out. I want to make sure whenever I'm playing, it's intentional and meaningful and that the people that I'm with are, you know, uh, you know, I guess intentional as well. And you saying that you want to go play golf with this new intention makes me want to go play tomorrow. It's exciting. It sounds really fun. I'd be curious to see, just as an observer, as your friend, what that would be like. I would have to add in peace and joy. Yeah. Like I mean, peace and load joy. it in. Yeah. Load it in. Well, those two things are Humor, really, uh, happiness. I mean, happiness and joy go hand in hand. I mean, yeah. peace and joy. And the interesting thing about joy is it can be sympathetic joy. Someone else. Sure. So, so I would like to go and even not play. I'd almost like to go and just like walk with you. That'd be interesting be a cool video i'd probably have more fun <laughs> how to be at peace and joy on the golf course or experience the lack thereof <laughs> no 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 yeah no that's interesting and and you brought up winged foot which i just wanted to make a quick comment about in case you're in case you're in case you are like some of the uh i guess now millions of people that have watched one of the break 90 videos that we've done and said it doesn't look like you're having fun 
I've needed to essentially uh, include a bit of a caveat in these videos where I'm basically reminding myself and the audience, hey, look, this is not how I normally play. Like, this is me essentially living, living in the problem. This is me showing you what not to do. This is me making a caricature of the golfer. This is me making fun of everyone I've ever played with, including myself, that became so score-bound that they weren't able to enjoy one of the top 100 golf courses that I've played for Break 90. Winged Foot, Pebble, um, you know, and some other great locations, Riviera. You know, these are all top 100 courses that, you know, wasn't the most pleasurable experience I've ever had. Luckily, I am spoiled, and I'm able to play these courses and not try to break 90 from the, you know, one foot in the rough in the back. But the the, the ironic example there is, you know, why why am I here? I said, you reminded me that I said that at Wingfoot. Well, yeah, of course I did because I was literally showing you what not to do. So, you know, when I play, I, I really, I actually, when I play now, I actually try as much as possible to exhibit no emotion, good or bad. Unfortunately, yeah. Oh, that ties in with what you said earlier too. We were talking a little bit, and you were like feeling you were making a comment about something we were referencing about. I think I know what it is, and it's about feeling like I need to entertain. Yes. Tell me more. What do you mean? Well, we were talking about a meeting, the, the meeting this yeah. morning, and you were like, there was a nervousness, and you said, "Oh, I think I know what that is. It's like sometimes I just feel like I need to be on." Yeah. So we do these work calls. We do these all team calls, and right now the RGC squad is thirteen people. Thirteen. And I was telling Bo at dinner that sometimes I get a little nervous on these calls, which is kind of funny because like I'm the boss. Why would I be nervous? Like I was nervous when I wasn't the boss and now here I am. And you know, Bo as a, as a, as a good friend should would invited me to wonder why you said, what did you say? Well, I simply said, I actually asked you, had you brought it to your coach? Yeah. And my life coach, your life coach, Nora, Nora, great coach she's a g based in california and you know and the reason i haven't i just because i haven't spoken to her in two weeks well and the reason and it goes back to kind of what this was about is because for me you know there's a little subtlety of okay i'm nervous and i'm acknowledging that i'm nervous in a situation that my mind is telling me i know intellectually makes no sense there's no reason i would have to be nervous but that's discounting the fact that I actually am having nervousness in this moment. And so for me, it goes back to that inquiry. Okay, but no right, no wrong, not bad, not good. I think it's probably good for all of us to start learning to say that ahead of time. Otherwise, we'll take down some version of shame and finding out what it is. Mm. Instead of no right, no wrong, neutral. Okay, but what's going on? Mm. Why is this? It's not even about, and I think what I've done a lot of the time is why is this here? Because I want it gone the big lesson a lot of us are learning and I'm learning is what it really means to deeply accept myself as I am in all of my in, in, in perfection and then stepping into, but what is this emotion trying to teach me? Right. And that's why, I, I mean, because for me, why am I anxious? Why am I uncomfortable? Why am I on a golf course and all of a sudden want to break a club and walk off the course? Yeah. Why? Why? Why would you? It why? can't be about the golf. <laughs> there's no way right it's, it's impossible not, it's not, that it's about yourself the emotions are our teachers they're the gateway 
to what's trying to come up, teach us, hey, I need you to learn this, you know, and then if we learn it, or if we're at least willing to start the process of what it's trying to teach, when we learn it, that day comes where that same scenario occurs, we are right as rain, peaceful, neutral, and we actually notice it. Usually someone else will notice it, point it out, and we'll be like, oh my God. And it'll be just laughter and bliss because we're like, you know, I thought that, I thought, I don't know. I, and that's what it was. All along, something was trying to teach me. The anxiousness, the agitation, the anger, the sadness, the frustration. So, and that's the way I live my life now. You know, whether I'm on a golf course, whether it's now at my job here at Random Golf Club. Um, or with, what's, your, what's your title? My title is the office slash events manager. I like it. I like the slash. You, you could use an ampersand as well. I thought about changing up the slash. The slash looks a little weird, but I also kind of like it. Yeah. But I, yeah, ampersand could be nice. Um, so, you know, I mean, for me. I, I support whatever you do. Yeah, I appreciate it. As long as it's a slash or an ampersand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, I mean, for me, it's just this is what it all boils down to. Everybody might be listening now and have either tuned off or the ones that are still listening. Uh, no, it's just two, mom and dad. Yeah, it's just riding hard. It's just family. My mom and dad just texted me because I was I was supposed to call them tonight, and we've been. I didn't finish work until what seven seven. Then we went to dinner for an hour. We went to Shake Shack. Ugh, so good. And uh, and now we've been potting for almost an hour. We're on our fifty ninth minute. How did the wait? How did the work call relate to what we were talking about? Did, do you remember that? I don't. I don't I'm gonna fall asleep, dog. I just love the jazz. I'm gonna steam. Sh I'm gonna steam shower and crash. It's a great steam shower. Now, how did what say when where? How you did, you. Wh why did you bring up the work call? What what was that about? Do you remember? We were talking about the Wingfoot experience, and then you were talking to, and and just you know, playing golf, and and then you had the experience of, uh, you know. I don't want to be here and that I'm basically, Oh, you were, you were talking about, and, and I, brought, How I don't play a lot of golf. And when I do, I want to make it intentional and I want to play with you. And and you basically talked about being neutral and just yes. kind of, and not showing any emotion. Yeah. And I said, well, and I was about to say, but that's kind of hard because in these videos, you're very clear that you are, these videos are for a very large community. And so what's interesting is there's a thread from, some pit of nervousness or discomfort on the golf course of like, I don't want to be here versus it's the same thing of like, I have to entertain. I have to be on. Oh, well, you know what that, There's you know what the threat, threat is that I know what the threat is. I'm attached to the outcome. Cause when I go play golf for Eric, I don't look at my phone. I've now stopped really trying to create some type of content on the golf course. And I really just try to elevate it to an almost church like experience where I just tune in to completely whatever it is that is being said, whether it's by my playing partners or by my own mind, and try to experience as much peace as possible. <sighs> Watching the ball sail into an unknown area on a course I've never played. Hmm. So seeing there's... Maybe. Good and by news, the way, bad news, who knows? And who, this may, not be, this may not be accurate, but there's the lesson potentially is when you notice that you feel a feeling of anxiousness... When, and then you said, oh, I think it's about like feeling like I might need to perform yeah. or be on. Well, that's almost a constant when you shoot a break 90. There's no way you could not feel like you needed to perform because yeah. you're trying to break a score. So it's very clear 
that feeling like you need to be on or perform doesn't seem to a lot of times make you feel good. But then the even deeper thing is why? Well, the why is, I think the interesting thing about the the team called nervousness, we can call it TCN is um, for me, I, 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 I want, I want everyone to be happy. I want everyone on the team to enjoy the work they're doing. And at the same time, I want us to get good work done and be efficient. And I'm very, um, I enjoy the process of um, creating efficiency. You know what I mean? I, I really like that stuff, but you can't micromanage that. Not anymore. Not with 13 people. There's no, there's no way to do that anymore. Now it's, okay, we're, there's a nervousness around the outcome and the outcome is happiness and efficiency. And I really can't control either of those. Well, it goes back to you. You can't control them because you're not responsible. So you're not responsible for anybody on the team's happiness and you're not responsible for the million people watching those videos, enjoying them or liking them or thinking there's anything good about them. Yeah. You know, now wait, I didn't realize it was going to turn into Eric's therapy. Well, I mean, it's, it's way easier. I was hoping it was be more like your therapy. Well, but your therapy is my therapy. <laughs> Whoa. We teach what we need to learn. Wait, are you about to just come out of a skin suit and you're going to be me? <laughs> I am you. <laughs> yeah, but you know, that's, I, you know that's my belief, by the way. I mean, we teach what we need to learn. When we're in the moment of giving in, uh, any information that might be useful to someone, we're really giving it to ourselves. I believe that too. Like it's being called out of us because we need to also hear it. Yeah. You know? So, I, like I mean, that's the truth of like, I, you know me, bro. I feel for sure over responsible a lot of the time for other people's emotional well being. Like that it's some sense of duty. <sighs> <laughs> yeah. So, so, what can you say to yourself? Well, what I just said to you which is I am not responsible for other people's happiness. I am not responsible for making other people, um, you know, people liking me, just like liking the video, you know, people liking me, liking the content, liking a, I'm not responsible for that. I'm not responsible for other people's happiness, success, not responsible. I'm only responsible for taking care of the end field, my emotional state, my brain, my work, doing the best I can, but ultimately other people's responses and emotions and happiness and not my responsibility. But one thing I learned the lesson is there's a big difference between the intellectual intellectual knowing of something and actually the bridge to the experiential living it. Yeah. You know, practicing it like where, Oh, I really actually walk the walk, meaning I walk out the door and I live like I know I'm not responsible. Yeah. That's the art. Like I walk out and like, you know, you ever been on a golf course, by the way, let's end it with that. Have you been ever been on a golf course and in some level thought that maybe the other people's experience on the course was your responsibility, like helping them play better, helping no. them have a better experience? No. No. Have you? Did you think I had? Well, no, I, mean, I didn't know because you're, you're now a golf personality and you are a pretty good golfer and you know, maybe when people play with you, you think that they would like to be having a certain experience because they're playing with somebody that they emulate a little bit and look up to. And, you know, so did, I didn't know if that over responsibility in some level ever transmitted to like, you know, I'm, I'm hoping they have a good experience, you know, 
I guess that doesn't really fit here. I've never had that experience. No. <laughs> you, you know what I think about a lot is, um, you know, so Bill Murray, right? I respect him a lot. Great guy, my G. Um, what up, Doug? You know, he, he seeks to kind of subvert the reality of the game of golf as we know it through his outfits and his behavior and whatever. And I heard a story about Bill. And um, the story was that he was playing golf with three men. And they were, you know, maybe in a pro-am or something, like bankers or, you know, people that he didn't know. And um, he wasn't playing very well. And Bill's a good golfer. He can get around Pebble and shoot high 70s, no problem. And, um, oh, yeah, he's got quite a swing. He's got a nice nice draw, probably pops it out there 250, you know. Um, nice, nice, smooth, loopy swing. And he can play. In fact, I saw, I, I walked with him for many rounds at the AT&T Pro-Am. And the man was like the Dalai Lama in the way that he was just completely present with every moment, every moment. And, and, and that's really what I respect and learned about him and about comedy is that comedy requires an intense dedication to the present moment and a high level of intelligence because you can't make a joke and not be present. No one will get it. There, the timing will be off. You can't, you can't can a joke. You can't do a bit. He's not that kind of comedian. He's not going to just tell you a story with a punchline. He's in the moment. He's, he's literally living with you. And there were people walking by with, you know, one person was walking by and he said, Bill, tell me a joke. I saw this video. Yeah, and Bill stopped, looked at him, and just said, you're looking good today. And then just kept moving. And everyone started laughing. And I mean, it was, it was real. It was authentic. And it was in the moment. And so anyway, and then also I, t I watched him tee off on 18 and this was the last round um, and the last shot and the last hole. It was 18 on Saturday, and he wasn't going to play Sunday because he missed the cut. And as he's going to tee off, he starts singing. And there's like a crowd of hundreds and hundreds of people, and he just starts he starts walking around the crowd, and then he goes up to the tee ball, and he just starts singing, It's my last chance for romance. And just sings the song, It's my last chance for love. And then just pipes one down the middle of the fairway. Anyway... That all goes to tell the story about Bill. That wasn't the story. So he's playing golf with these three people. He's not playing very well. Great story, though. The, the, there's two. This is a threefer. So then he finally, you know, he's playing really poorly, and he looks at the three guys after five holes. Maybe it was nine holes, we'll say. We'll say nine holes. And he looks at the three guys, and he says, look, I'm not playing very well. But if I hit this next shot well, I'll be entertaining for the rest of the round. But if I hit it poorly, I'm not going to say another word. <laughs> and he hit it poorly, and he didn't say another word. He didn't talk to them at all. And, I mean, I do, I do think about that a lot because, yeah, on some level, like, my job is to entertain on a golf course. My job is to make jokes and, you know, tell a little story here and there. And I do feel that pressure sometimes, and that's why I like to be very careful about who I play with. I want to play with you, Bo. I don't feel like I need to entertain you. We are entertaining enough. We have a natural rapport. But you know what's really interesting that I would say from an outside perspective with you is, see, I would say, of course, it makes sense that you would have some form of belief of like part of my job is to entertain and that some there's some level of expectation that people want me to. But what I believe, because I and this is just my belief as of recent, though, I believe that what more of the community wants is the realness. 
the realness. And for you, you may think it's entertainment, but like, I think that's what they identify more with is the real authentic, unpolished Anthony Bourdain, like, you know, like he's an animal, you know, I actually want to, I, I don't do this very often, but I don't edit the podcast as you know, but as I'm li- reflecting on what I just said, I actually disagree with it in my own reality. It's not really accurate. I think I've told myself that Bill Murray story because I thought it was kind of ex- exceptional, but I'm not like that. In fact, the reason why I'm not like that is because my experience on the golf course is really in every example, it's one of togetherness. It's one of curiosity about someone else's game. And, and so the idea that I'd like to go out with Bo and see you focus mostly on equanimity and joy is like tremendous. And there's no limit to how many people can enjoy that with you. So I, I really want to take that back. Like that's not really accurate. I think. Wait, what part? The part about, I think I said I was selective with who I play golf with, and that's not really accurate. I didn't hear you say that. Oh, maybe I thought I said it. I don't think you did. I think what I was kind of, I think, I think what it really is, no matter who I'm playing golf with, I don't want to talk about me. I think that's what it is. And I think a lot of people would say, Eric, you know what? Tell me a crazy golf story or wherever you play golf or what was it like to play with Caitlyn Jenner or whoever. It doesn't matter. I don't find that very interesting. I would much rather talk to Gibson about, you know, whatever, his new club or, or that shot or, or where he's from. I mean, hey, we <laughs> remember when we played Hancock the other day and we were already a threesome. We, it was me, you, and Zolan. We had paired up with a fourth, and then we paired up with five and six on the second tee. The two, two, young, the two young ones. One lived here, and one was his nephew visiting from. Yeah, and they didn't seem like they wanted to join up. They really didn't. We said, we said, do you mind if we join a second tee box? They seemed very reluctant. Three plus two. They were like, we. They were like, nah. We're just gonna. And we were like, we're gonna play with you. I just said we're playing with you. And uh, <laughs> did that make you uncomfortable? No, I loved it. My my response, honestly. I say this again, just as your friend, but because what I think you slash with the random golf club company brand business intention have set is anybody under the age of 45 that like gets in your energy or anything to do with random golf club and they don't know what's going on at all. I'm just dumbfounded. I'm like, what? Like, (laughs) I I don't even get it. I'm almost looking like, wait, of course you want to join with us. But so no, it didn't make me uncomfortable at all. They did in the end know about whatever it was, Adventures in Golf or something like that. But the, the craziest thing is we ended up joining these two kids who were kind of like, now nah, we're not looking to become a fivesome on the second hole on a Friday afternoon on a nine-hole course. But what, what was the craziest thing is the coincidence with the guy growing up on my mom's street. The same street that there was only six houses on. Six houses on my mom's street in, in Columbus, Ohio. Anyway, the, all, all that we've done a great podcast. Thank you this for... This has been, I mean, mind-blowing. Yeah, we did good. We did. We asked some good questions. I think. I think we told some good stories, and somehow golf made it in there, and lessons, and oh, golf's always in there. I kind of think we hit the nail on the head. We stand on the grass, baby. You want to drop the mic? That was me. It's hard. It's hard to drop the mic on a pod. Um, no, but all that is to say, um, yeah. Let us know how that goes if you go out there and play. Um, are you going to do this? Or are you going to go out and play a special round? I mean, I, I would like. I, I would like Maybe, to. I would we like. Have Kefir and Simon, go film you doing this. I think it would be interesting to go out and beforehand say my intention is to only experience or to experience peace and joy the entire time. What would the title of the video be? 
A walk through fear. I need something more clickbaity. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I don't know. I'll come up with it. A walk through fear. That's kind of dark. It could be like, you no, know, no, it could I, be. I, I know. I was we've been watching the Lord of the Rings. It could be that, like, you know, when, when Frodo puts the ring on and it turns into like this, like, like blurry black and white scene. He, he disappears. Yeah. Like, it could, well, no, when he's in the black and white world. And it's like, yeah, no, but he's disappeared from the outside. Remember, they yeah. can't see him. Yeah, so I know. But I mean, like, it could be you on the golf course with that filter. Like, with the wraiths coming in. A walk through fear, no? I mean, it wouldn't be there. Yeah, I mean, that's what the walk through fear would look like. But I think it would be cool to do that. What if it was my happiest round ever? Yeah. The joy of golf. All right, we're going to workshop this, everybody. Thanks for listening. Oh, th- thanks for, yeah, and uh, try out that salmon precision. <laughs> you don't need to hit them again. Oh, okay. They're good. All right, well, I just, I felt like, <laughs> I, just I, I felt like a real fail in the beginning. No, you did great. Okay, cool. It cool, was great. entertaining. Okay, cool. You were very close on all of the items. And hey, it was better that you said one year warranty instead of three, because then I would have to walk them back. Yeah. You know? Well, this has been great, man. If you like a one year warranty, you'd love to. Yeah, and again, one special shout out. Thanks, thanks, thanks to Colton Stewart. Two wonderful guys who have been a part of the RGC community and who still are in so many ways. And just like the rest of the community that misses them, we miss you too. Yeah. I actually, I don't talk to Colt that much anymore. Uh, he's been kind of busy. And I talked to Stuart the other day and he's doing well in, uh, in, uh, in Australia. He's doing really well. And, you know, we're looking forward to getting him back here. Stuart's actually the one that uploads these podcasts. Thank you, Stuart. Shout out to Stuart for doing all the great work. All right, guys. Enough out of us. Go enjoy your life. Live it somewhere. Oh, you know what I got? One thing I need to share.